Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Well, hello, hello. <laughs> wonderful to be here with you on this Friday afternoon. Wonderful to be here with yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Well. How, how cool is this? <laughs> the, the two ladies or the two girls? Let's call ourselves girls today, given <laughs> it's a Friday and our wine, I think, is on its way. Um, it is a Friday and mm. it was a very big week. I mean, yeah. we've got, you know, the central banks, which I know we've been speaking about ad nauseum, but we need to be across this as investors. Mm. We've got the regional banks flaring up yep. again. Yep. In the United States. You just finished an interview with Michael Howell from yes, Cross Border. Yeah, really, How was that? Really exciting. I'm super thrilled to be able to chat to this uh, expert in global liquidity. And it's really interesting because he brings a completely new take on the markets and what the central banks are doing. And the nub of the whole thing is that October last year was the low in liquidity from the central banks. And basically, they will be moving back into QE which is really interesting. He draws an analysis between monetary inflation um, versus uh, high street inflation, mm -hmm. and he feels that's going to collapse. He thinks the reason why you're seeing gold and Bitcoin performing is because they are hedges that you would buy in this type of scenario. And it's this tussle that central banks basically um, have to be refinancing mechanisms for the three, well, we have 350 trillion US dollars worth of debt, and 70 trillion a year has to be rolled over. I mean, the, num the numbers are boggling, yeah. but when people talk about, you know, um, uh, QT still being there, according to Michael's numbers, no, the cycle has turned. So it's basically, you know, it's, it's not going to go up in a straight line, but ultimately, it is a more bullish outlook for equities, which I think is really interesting because there's a lot of doom and gloom mm -hmm. about inflation and regional banks, and uh, clearly we're not out of the woods there. No. So, look, we will get that interview up online, osbiz.com.au, for those of you listening in podcast form, and you'll be able to catch up with it over the weekend in your own time. But it was, you know, as far as themes go today, uh, it's surprising to see this local market kind of pick yeah. itself up off yeah. the mat, so to speak, uh, up by four tenths of a percent. And, um, you know, I can't see any real clear reason why, except for the no. fact that, um, you know, we've got gold doing very well, obviously. Um, maybe it's putting a lot of these risks behind us, you know, and I think it's interesting as well when you consider that iron ore is getting smashed, so is coal. Yep. Um, but look, uh, we will bring you across the sectors that are really performing in just a tick uh, because it, it still is. Actually, why don't we do that now? We've, yeah. got, the, we've got the REITs, yeah, the REITs outperforming. Why is that? Really interesting. So um, I mentioned that earlier in the SIBO cross. So they're up 4%, the yeah. sector, in the last month. And it's one of Australia's, the ASXs, the SIBO 
those top performers. And what I think is really interesting it, to, to me, and okay, I'm not the expert, but to me it's signaling that, that basically they're looking at those long bond yields mm-hmm. coming down. But maybe that's something that we can ask Shane Oliver about because I think he's joining us next. But the Aussie market has really put in, I think, a sterling mm-hmm. performance the last two days. They obviously got knocked around yesterday with the NAB result. ANZ was a little bit perkier. You know, Macquarie, the market took it in its stride. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, we'll take it. Hey, we'll take it because it was pretty rocky, particularly after that RBA cut or hike, I should say, hike that came this week. But there's the REITs on your screen right now. Energy sector also did pretty well today. And and the ride for oil has been quite volatile. Um, We're looking at the metals, the big miners there, all um, coming under a bit of pressure. BHP flatlining it, but Newcrest, yeah. Gold was the absolute standout sector of the week. A lot of those small cap gold miners are doing so well. And uh, the banks, so you were talking about ANZ and um, what Macquarie reporting today. Around lunchtime, Macquarie was actually just mildly in positive territory. Um, I, we talked about it on the call today. <laughs> and uh, look, both of my expert guests, Adam Dawes from Sean Partners and June Bailey from Tribeca Investment Partners said, yeah, hands down, it's a buy right now. Adam says it's a buy if it's under 180 for there him. You go. Um, Macquarie, uh, just to get your across the details, you know, we saw that commodities trading business absolutely killing it. You know, Jumbe was saying that you, you just it just doesn't put a foot wrong, Macquarie. And so we'll be watching that one. And to your point earlier, uh, Danielle, um, ANZ, so it was such it was such a savage reaction to NAB yesterday. I mean, it's yeah. not often you see sort of six percent sell off no. in these banks. Um, but yeah, softer response to ANZ's result today, even though it's CEO Shane Elliott said, look, times are getting tougher and Absolutely. the mortgage market is still, you know, so Fierce. vicious. Yeah. This, yeah, it's really interesting. There's such um, you know, you talk. we talk about the funding problems for U.S. banks, but Australian banks have literally been in the bear pit, literally mm-hmm. fighting each other for not only deposits, but also mortgages. And that really was the thing that NAB emphasised. We just can't compete. And Macquarie has also picked up quite a, a lot. lot of market share in that mortgage market. So kind of flies under the radar. I mean, you see the advertisements everywhere, but, you know, you, you just don't think, I don't think naturally of Macquarie when it comes to <laughs> home loans, Aussie home loans. Um, Danielle, I was thinking about a couple of interviews I did today. Yeah. So if you want to know what kind of action the NAB result drove on the NAB trade platform and the banks, you should take a listen to our interview with Gemma Dale. I know, um, you know, you were talking about liquidity just recently. I heard this um, term today from David Bassanese oh, from yes, BetaShares. Yes, this was- Immaculate disinflation. <laughs> I had to say, hang on a second. Can you please explain that to me? But it's this, you know, idea. Well, actually, the interview's up online. We'd love you to go and listen to it. So he explains what immaculate disinflation is, the likelihood of that happening, which is not a lot. And uh, just also keeping in mind that we've got, you know, U.S. jobs out absolutely. tonight. So that's and a key res- report. Absolutely. I think some people are a little bit concerned about that that could throw markets around. Mm-hmm. But I also spoke to Duncan Wrigley, who is at Pantheon Macroeconomics out of London. So these very nice gentlemen getting up at a sparrow's <laughs> fart for us. Can't and- say no to you. <laughs> anyway, he is a China specialist and he was talking about the fact that China is going to be exporting um, deflation, disin- 
inflation. So quite a lot of the producer prices are coming down and they might have to stimulate going forward. So Michael Howell also talking about, so the thing is that we've got this huge extreme spread bifurcation, haven't we? Mm -hmm. We've got the inflationists on one hand, and then we've got a whole lot of other experts on the other hand saying, no, inflation's going to come down. No wonder investors get confused. No kidding. <laughs> uh, we had an update coming from the Reserve Bank today. So putting some confines around uh, their forecasts. Uh, that was a statement of monetary policy. We spoke with Adelaide Trimble from ANZ. That interview is up online in the big picture if you'd like to get her take. I love it when I speak with Adelaide sometimes. She says, if I was the governor of the Reserve Bank, and I always think she might be one day, <laughs> you never know. Um, so we've got lots of content up online from the day to day. Um, I was just thinking about the resilience of equity markets as well, Ooh. which reminded me of Greg Metmujev from City Index. It's online as the three themes. He actually is looking at this market technically. He, he agrees that equities have been very resilient up until mm. this week. Mm. But he says just on cue, this banking crisis continues to come mm. in and shake things up. And he mm. reckons that technically there's a pretty bearish uh, indicator setting up. Now, I, I'm not going to paraphrase because I'll get it wrong. But if you want to find that interview and listen to it, he talks that bearish setup. He talks gold mm. trading. He talks dollar yen, which of course he was long. That trade's done, and a few things besides. Equities. Shall we get to the stock of the day, Danielle? Uh, yes. It was Grain Court, right? Grain Random. Mm. But I put a shout out on Twitter. Yeah. Thank you all for giving me ideas. But uh, first in best dressed, and it was Grain Court. Let's take a listen. Wet season, wet weather, um, because the increased volume, and then as well as um, you know, last year where we had the war, they you know the price of the grain went through roof. So they have benefited from a lot of abnormal seasonality and things. Um, so from here on, everything I read is saying that we're heading into a drier environment yes. now, dry and hotter. So you know, the the earning has a long way to fall for this company. It's very cyclical. A lot of people will ask that it has changed and you know it's better, but I just think it's it's going to be much harder when you know the volume start to fall and when you start cycling some strong volume like what they have achieved yeah there is value there but what we're seeing is the same as elders you know last year it was as good as it was going to get mm. for all the ag stocks they just you know they were looking price to perfection everything was great and then from there you've just seen this consistent selling down on the back of that yes the, the weather's been really positive and then we're going into El Nino, whatever, whatever the whatever it's yeah. called, the dry side El of Nino. the cycle. Yeah. So you know that is going to really affect Grain Corp as well as a lot of these other ones. So I think last year was as good as it's going to get, and so the market is readjusting to these uh, numbers. I think the numbers are going to look great because mm. the winter crops, and we've still got a good winter crop this year coming through as well. But um, yeah, I, yeah, last year was as good as it gets. So I'd be cautious on Grain Corp now. I would hold it uh, if you if you have it but I wouldn't be putting fresh capital uh, into that. I think there's better places to be. Mm. I should say as well, it was Grain Corp today. Grain Corp actually re reports next week oh. on Thursday. So there's a few of these companies coming up, Danielle, that do report out of cycle. Yeah. We get CSR, we get an update from Pendle next week. I and of course, Technology One will be coming up oh, at really? the end of May, I think. Oh. Yeah, that'll be, I think people will be, because that one's been on an absolute tear, yeah. hasn't it? So, that'll be good. We've yeah. got Metcash sort of out of cycle, mm. Aristocrat. So, you know, we're in this, again, this sort of 
a confession season, let's call it that, ahead of reporting season. It's sort of unofficially kicked off this week at the Macquarie Conference. Mm. And you'll want to listen to that uh, episode of the call because Jumbe was in attendance, so she gave us her take. And uh, there's also an interview up online with Joel Fleming from Yara Capital. Um, it'll be in the newsletter as well, but he was at the Macquarie Conference and he was saying that the updates that came through actually are illustrating the resilience of Australian companies, even in the face of the slowdown so far. So you'll want to listen to uh, his analysis of that. Mm, absolutely. So Shane Oliver, oh my gosh, we've kept the doctor waiting long enough. Let's bring him in. Of course, a stalwart on Friday afternoons here on AusBiz, uh, joining us from AMP. Shane, welcome. Um, thoughts on the week that was. It was, it was massive. We all survived it. <laughs> Well, so far, I've still got payrolls tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, payrolls and also those US regional banks, that problem just keeps rumbling along. I said, so it seems to be on a Friday, we all sort of wake <clears> up on a Saturday morning and suddenly another bank's gone under. Do you think that is, uh, you know, is the FDIC going to be active, do you think, this weekend? <laughs> Well, who knows, but I, I do know that they're probably going to be active, continue to be active over the weeks ahead. I don't quite know this weekend, but the problem is that the so-called solution they've come up with, which has protected depositors, it uh, does make shareholders very nervous because in the banks that have been uh, seized, if you like, by the FDIC and then passed on to someone else, like JP Morgan in the case of First Republic, the shareholders are wiped out. And so they then go off and look at other banks that might face the same problems. They sell those banks down. And that, of course, creates problems for those banks that may not have been there in the first place because uh, the ordinary customers, depositors, look at the bank and the, they see the share market, the share price is down 50%. So if you take PacWest or Western Alliance uh, and they start withdrawing their deposits, even though they weren't previously concerned. So it does seem to be... Um, get, taking on a life of its own here. And of course, with the Fed still raising interest rates, it just adds to pressure on those banks. And of course, all those banks, the bottom line is that to avoid problems, they're going to be lending less. They're going to be a lot tougher in their lending, lending standards, which is a de facto monetary tightening. So I think, unfortunately, this is going to be an ongoing issue for a while yet. And it will probably uh, cause a bit more volatility in share markets, just like the debt ceiling issue will in the US. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, fair to say, uh, some of what we experienced this week, I know that today it looks like a better day out there for the index, but you know, it was a pretty rough week for investors. You think that's likely to continue? Yeah, I think we are coming into a rougher period. We, we saw a reasonably good start to the year for markets, particularly internationally. Australia was a bit of a laggard, uh, unfortunately, contrary to my initial view. Um, and yeah, now we're coming into May. There's the old saying, sell in May, go away. Uh, there is another bit to that, come back on St. Ledger's Day, but that's not till September. So we're coming into a, a part of the year which is seasonally less reliable for share markets. We've got the banking issues in the US, which hasn't re haven't resolved themselves. I am worried that central banks are still tightening despite those worries. Normally when you get those things like the GFC or uh, other LTCM and others through history in the US, the Fed stops tightening. This time they've kept going. Uh, you've got the debt ceiling issue, which will hot up, um, probably has to be resolved sometime into June, or if not July, I know the Treasury says June. Uh, so that's an issue. Uh, and 
all of these things, I, I think at a time when you've got weak seasonality, as per that chart there, it shows the seasonal index for shares. You know, you get that good rally uh, initially into January, not so on the chart there, but you can see at the end of the year through November, December, and then you get a bit of a pause. We saw that. Then you get a rally again into into April. We, we saw seen reasonably good Aprils. Then you start going through a rougher patch, particularly into the September quarter. And I think we're probably going to see something along those lines. Um, and I, I think Australia probably won't be immune to that because uh, we are we are vulnerable. Obviously, the Chinese recovery has occurred, but it's not as commodity intensive as might have been hoped. And obviously, we do get affected by sentiment coming out of the US. Yeah, Shane, um, something that I've noticed that I thought was quite interesting, Well, and, and I like your view on it, are REITs in Australia, the sector has started to outperform. And whilst you probably don't directly want to comment, you know, on that sector, but do you think the bond markets are being too optimistic, too upbeat about pricing in such aggressive rate rises post those rises from the Fed and the RBA this week? Because there's some unusual buying, shall we go on, in very interest rate sensitive sectors here in Australia. There there certainly is. And uh, I mean, I, I don't want to dismiss it totally because I know the money market's led on the way up for Reserve Bank rate hikes. They led most economists in anticipating a tightening through last year. And therefore, it is interesting to, when you look at the money market this week, uh, initially it went from not pricing in a hike for May, like me, they got it wrong as well, uh, and some probability of a cut by year end. And then of course, straight after the rate hike by the RBA, uh, the money market was factoring in, I think close to another hike uh and and then sort of flat out to the end of the year and when i look at it today uh all that uh uh, pricing for an extra hike by the rba is gone so the money market is assuming no more hikes and by the end of the year more than a 25 basis point rate cut in fact the the pricing is for a 3.56 percent cash rate um so you're starting to price in a, uh, a you know a significant rate cut by year end, and it's a similar story in the US. Now, obviously, bond markets reflect that. So the bond market is anticipating slower growth ahead, lower inflation, and therefore central banks easing, and that in turn is uh, helping out those intersensitive parts of the market, such as REITs. You know, we've seen recently. Uh, so, uh, to, to the extent that I think that bond yields will probably continue to drift lower from here. Uh, that central banks, you know, there is some chance we could be cutting by year end, in, in the, particularly in the US, but also in Australia. Therefore, you know, that rally we're starting to see in REITs may have further to go. Now, there are some problems, of course, with commercial office REITs um, and that, you know, you've got a lot of people working at home. This is a Friday. I've been working at home for three years on <laughs> Friday, along with uh, several other days through the week and many other Australians are doing the same thing, same thing in the US. So that... Uh, work from home phenomenon is yet to fully play itself out in terms of what it means for office space demand, particularly as leases come up for renewal. So that could be a fly in the upwind there. Uh, but I think the rally we are seeing in interest sensitive parts of the market, putting aside other factors, is probably justified. Um, China is something that we should speak about. We did have services activity growing at a slower pace that came through today. So it's sort of adding to a bit of a complex picture from China in terms of well, ultimately demand and ultimately demand for Australian commodities. We've seen iron ore price coming under a lot of pressure, coal prices coming under a lot of pressure as well this week. So 
We didn't hear a lot from the RBA in terms of China, uh, but it was referenced in the statement of monetary policy today. What's your take? Yeah, the RBA seemed yeah, a bit more upbeat on China, whereas the market, I think, at the start of the year was markets at the start of the year were upbeat on China, and now they're less mm-hmm. optimistic. And you can see it in relation to those PMIs, the services PMI. Uh, both the the Taishin and the uh, NBS one that came out on Sunday, I think it was, uh, show a, a dip back to 56.4 or something like that. So that's still pretty solid. Um, so there's no doubt the Chinese recovery is continuing, but it's concentrated in services. And you can see that in other things. If you look at subway usage, traffic congestion, all running high. Whereas when you look at the manufacturing side, not so good. I think both the Taishin and the NBS were slightly below 50, something like 49.5 thereabouts. Uh, yeah, that's on the soft side. It, yeah, if I look at um, Chinese steel production, if I look at Chinese demand for steel, if I look at property transactions, they're all on the soft side. And that is what's weighing on commodities generally, along with these general fears of recession. Uh, except I should put aside gold. Gold's gone to a record high, different story, but uh, industrial commodities mm. under pressure. Uh, and, and that's because of these worries about the global economy and, and the lack of commodity demand, I guess we've been seeing out of China. I mean, you look at the oil price, it's what, 68, $69 a barrel. I tend to follow West Texas more than the others. Uh, it, it, it's below where where it was when uh, OPEC announced those production cuts a few weeks back. Yeah. So that, that must be telling us something. It's telling us that, yeah, there's a fear out there that central banks are going too far. The banking situation in the US is a concern and that growth will slow down. Uh, and that obviously has some effect on us. And it's noteworthy, I think, this week that uh, energy stocks and resources generally um, were, were parts of the market that dragged it down. Yeah, just um, we've got the budget next week, Shane. And uh, although um, like there's been a bit of a, well, it's, it's a positive and a negative with immigration into Australia. On one level, there's a lot more people coming in, uh, but it does, you mm. know, it hasn't brought unemployment, I mean, employment down yet and it's putting pressure on house prices. Are you looking for anything to come out of the budget which would have a material impact um, on the market or providing too much fiscal stimulus or anything that's going to, you know, unhinge or make Lowe's job even more challenging than what it is? Well, that's an interesting question. I I was sort of around in the Paul Keating days when he used to pull a rabbit out of the hat on budget nights. I I am conscious that we've moved to a Labor government. Labor government tend to leak less than the Liberals did. The Liberals would Mm. uh, stage manage the release of a whole bunch of policies ahead of the budget. So you knew most of it, what was going to be in there before the budget actually happened. Whereas uh, Labor is a bit tighter on that front. So there could be some surprises there. Um, It's hard to know what they will be. Um, I guess the the, the ones on the negative side would be uh, proposed changes to tax concessions. Yeah, maybe the capital gains tax discounts. Uh, you could see some action there because there is ongoing worries about housing and uh, you know, lots of people naturally blame uh, taxes and investors for the housing problem. I, I think they're a bit off beam. I, th- I think the problem is really that we're pumping too many people into the economy without helping developers uh, and builders you know, build enough properties. That's the, the basic problem here, um, not other things. But uh, in any case, there could be something on that front. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, we are going to see, uh, yeah, quite possibly a, a surplus for this financial year. Uh, the government would probably bank most of that, so that'll be good news. You know, don't forget in August, 
sorry, October last year, they were, they were projecting a surplus, a deficit this financial year of $36.9 billion. So we're looking, I think, at a $37 billion or more turnaround uh, on that front, which I think is spectacularly good news. But you are going to see those ongoing structural problems in subsequent years. Uh, and that, is, I think, is something that economists are going to look at very closely because we know we've had this windfall revenue flow to Canberra, uh, rivers of gold, as some have put it, um, but that could well be temporary. And yet, in the meantime, we're ramping up spending on defence, uh, aged care, um, health, uh, NDIS, or they're trying to slow that one down. Um, and that, that's going to be an ongoing problem longer term. So I think a lot of the action, that, as far as economists will be concerned, will be looking at you know, how much worse is, or how much bigger is structural spending and what they're going to do about uh, trying to finance that. Okay. Uh, Shane, look, thank you. That was comprehensive. It's given us food for thought for next week as well. So we do really appreciate your time. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. You too. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take a look at some of the leaders and laggards in the equity space today. Danielle, look, um, brain chip. I tried. I tried to find what was going on. (laughs) It's a story stock, right? Um, Oftentimes when we get a bit of enthusiasm in the market, we start to see it expressed in brain chip for some reason, up by 8%. Um, I know that there's haters out there right now that will probably be emailing me saying I'm too negative, but there you go. Take it or leave it. Sarai Resources had a bit of a rough patch in the wake of a production update, but clearly making up ground today. Um, And and Pilbara's exhibiting a lot of strength this week as well. Yeah, there was quite a lot of buying coming back into some of those lithium stocks. And uh, again, nothing specific that I could find, maybe some rotational buying and after a lot of them had sold off. And Lake Resources also too is, has a narrative around it and is heavily, heavily traded. So um, yeah, there we go. They were very much in vogue today. Yeah, Ingham's Group, I don't see any news associated with it. It's interesting one chickens um, we heard a lot from the grocery retailers over the past week or so apparently food inflation is coming off I just don't know why it's up by about five percent now it's not on this list but obviously the gold miners continue to do well today so uh, you know we've got uh, evolution we've got new crest yeah. uh, looking really sweet today it, it's been a spectacular a glittering run for gold but the you know, it's not every every company that benefits in uh, in these times uh, that are very uncertain, despite the positive finish here. And we've got the laggards, and uh, we do see some weakness there in terms of Whitehaven Coal because we did have those, um, you know, some weakness there in those bulk commodities, um, and then some profit taking in the likes of Silver Lake Resources and Virgin Money UK. And again, I'm uh, none the wiser as to why those ones are moving, but. Uh, Life 360, Virgin UK doesn't have any news associated with it that I can see, you know, banking, economy, you know, worries about some of the smaller banks in the US. Maybe, maybe the sentiment is extending to Virgin Money. Life360, Goldman Sachs has put a note out today saying that subscriber growth is likely to accelerate meaningfully in the second half rather than in the quarterly result that's due later this month, telling clients that there's a chance that it could exceed quarterly subscriber growth assumption, but points out that its latest bundled app and device package only launched 
in the last few weeks. Now, this stock has underperformed its peers recently, um, but it, look, not all is lost. They retain their buy rating on the company and a $7.85 target price. So I reckon it's just a little bit of um, that being expressed in the price. What do you think, Danielle? Yeah, yeah quite possibly. Absolutely. Sometimes we never know why prices Ooh. move. That, and that's what makes the share market. <laughs> yeah, and never is it truer in the small cap <laughs> end of the market. MedAdvisor, oh. this is an interesting one today. You're reporting on it. Oh, um, no, no. I was for medical. Oh, that was for D Medical. Yeah, MedAdvisor, sorry. Yeah, I spoke one. with the CEO earlier this week. You can catch that on our website. It put out its quarterly last week. Look, momentum in that growth in the American market is continuing um, today. Not sure exactly why it's up by 14%, but um, something's happened on that front. Flipping the page, though, getting across some of those small cap laggards, bet makers. Yeah, the betting apps came up on the edition of the call today. Bluebet, I think, was one of our viewer picks. Um, both of my guests, pretty negative on that space in general, although betmakers would have been Adam Dawes's pick of the bunch, interestingly. Oh, there we go. Enough. Yeah, and uh, big one cats. tonight. Yes. Big one tonight. Yes. We've got the jobs data out in the US. We get Eurozone retail sales, and we'll start to hear those parade of uh, Fed speakers are no longer on blackout um, in wow. the lead up to the meeting. So we'll be hearing from Bullard and Cook. So get ready for some headlines as to whether. You know, this, there's more hikes left or whether we're at sort of peak rates in the States and what would it take to cut, I would, I would dare imagine. Absolutely. So that's, that's uh, Monday, actually. Uh, Westpac, half year. Oh, OK. Dwelling approvals, U.S. wholesale inventories and the big one, U.S. In consumer inflation, I think, coming out next week. And uh, clearly, while the PCE is what the Fed, the pri uh, personal consumption expenditure is what the Fed looks like, looks at, it is very much what the markets like to look at is consumer price inflation. So I just think we're in a phase of markets where there there is just a lot of a lot of stuff going on, yeah. a lot of volatility across all asset classes, aren't we? Whether it's the currencies or the bond markets or the equities, and uh, yeah, makes our jobs fun. Um, Keeps us busy, which is good. Makes it difficult to be an investor, so you've got to keep us tuned in so you know what's going on. We'll continue to speak with a whole heap of fantastic expert guests come Monday. Look, a really positive finish to the week here on this Friday, so I don't want to mislead you. Market today up by four tenths of a percent. The yep. S&P ASX 200 at 7,200 20, but for the week, Danielle, down by 1.2%. Right, which is not too bad. As I said, the last two days, well, certainly today, it's done very, very well. All right, that is it for us today and for this week. As I said, please, if you've got a bit of time this weekend, catch up with any of the aforementioned interviews on our website or the app, and there's um, plenty more there besides stock specifics as well. Fantastic. Hope you have a good weekend. We'll see yeah. you Monday. Bye. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission.